We're going to be reading uh, the Bible this morning uh, from the book of Matthew. We've got two separate sections. So the first one you can see up there on the board. So Matthew chapter 6, and we're reading from, I can't even see it from here, but we're reading from verse 9, I believe. So let's go. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. All right, we're going to move now to a bit later in the the book of Matthew. Uh, Reading from chapter 18. Okay, starting from 21 through to 35. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he uh, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. Well, hey, there's a, there's a three-word phrase that uh, within a healthy family you'll often hear, isn't there? And actually, I'm not talking about that phrase that all the songs are written about, uh, Absolutely, you want those words, I love you, to be a regular feature in your home. But here's another phrase that you would, you'll also need to hear regularly if relationships in the home are going to function well, and that is, I am sorry. I'm sorry. It's not as easy for us to say as, I love you, but it is important, isn't it? Uh, they are hard, but important words. 
And actually, there's another phrase that is just as hard, but also just as important, and that is, I forgive you. Now, maybe you don't express it with exactly those phrases, uh, but this is just so important to be going on within the home, isn't it? Uh, Because uh, given how often we fail, relationships are only healthy where there is regular acknowledgement and forgiveness of sin. That is true between husband and wife. It's true between parents and children. It's true between friends. It's true in churches. It's true even to an extent in workplaces as well. Uh, Wherever you have real relationships, the dynamics of forgiveness have to be present for that relationship to be healthy. And this is true too in our relationship with God. Okay, of course, God never needs our forgiveness because he never sins. But still, if our relationship with God is to be healthy, we need to be going to him regularly, seeking forgiveness from him. Okay, over this summer, uh, we have been doing a series called How to Pray. We've been looking at the Lord's Prayer, uh, the prayer that Jesus taught his followers as a kind of model of how to pray. And we come this morning to the fifth request in that prayer, where Jesus taught his uh, followers in verse 12 to say, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So this part of the prayer, it's all about forgiveness. It's about receiving forgiveness from God, and it's about giving forgiveness to others. So we're going to look at that topic this morning, and we'll notice five things to help us as we pray. So first up, as we look at the prayer, or that part of the prayer, we notice, don't we, that we are to be coming to God daily, Seeking forgiveness from him. Okay, notice how this request for forgiveness fits into what's just gone before. Uh, Just before we've prayed, give us today our daily bread. And then it goes on and it says, and forgive us our debts. In other words, Here's another thing that we're asking from God today, uh, just as we want him to feed us today, so also we want him to forgive us today. Uh, This is something that we are daily bringing to God. Now, that may seem a little odd to you to come to God every day seeking forgiveness for ways that we failed him. Okay, you may think to yourself, hang on a second, um, Hasn't Jesus already paid for our sins at the cross? So that when we trust in Jesus, we know that there are just no charges that can be brought against us in the courtroom of heaven. We are justified before God. So why come daily to God asking for his forgiveness? It's a good question. But the thing is, I mean, God doesn't only want you to relate to him as a judge, does he? Uh, No, more than just relating to God as a judge, he also wants you to relate to him as a father. Remember, we're praying our father in heaven. 
Okay, if you relate to God only as a judge, then your only category for relating to him will be, am I counted as innocent or guilty? Okay, when when you're dealing with a judge, you're not worried about, do I have a relationship with this judge? Am I pleasing him? Am I displeasing him? It's not about your relationship with the judge. It's just about guilt or innocence. And so if we only relate to God as judge, our Christianity becomes stilted. We're only thinking about our legal standing before God. Uh, But see, when we relate to God also as Father, we go, okay, there's a relationship that I want to consider too. Yes, I know that God's not going to kick me out of the family because of what I did, but actually I still want to say sorry. I still want to get my relationship with God back on track. You know, you know this in your own family too, don't you? Uh, as a dad, nothing is going to stop me from loving my kids. Nothing. And I wouldn't want them to ever be afraid that I would cut them off for anything. Uh, but still, I do want them to apologise for the wrong things that they've done. And I want them to know that I will forgive freely and fully. I still want there to be that dynamic between us of apologising and forgiving because I know it's absolutely essential to healthy relationships. And so as disciples of Jesus, it's important to regularly come to our Father seeking his forgiveness. It's good to do that as individuals, uh, privately. I trust that you're you're doing that day by day as you're reading your Bible, as you're praying to him. And it's good to do it also even together as a church. We have people who come and pray up here week by week and often they will confess our sins. And what a healthy thing that is to do. Remember, this was first a together prayer. We pray, forgive us our debts. And so what a good thing to do. We go regularly to God in this way because we want to maintain a consistent, healthy relationship with God. Now, as we're coming to God for forgiveness, I just want to say that there are are helpful ways of doing that and there are unhelpful ways of doing that. Okay, our mindset here is important. And so thinking this through practically, uh, let me say that as as, as you seek forgiveness, release your guilt to God because you know that your forgiveness is free. Okay, let me explain this more. One temptation when we come to God is to kind of, it's to use our confession as, as sort of a a way of impressing God. Uh, Look, God, how sorry I can be, how miserable I am. Uh, Can you see the depth of my regret? And so surely, God, I deserve on the basis of that to be forgiven. And so when our mindset is like that, really our confession is actually just about making up for our sin. Whereas the Bible says that we don't make up for our sin. But actually, it is God who pays for it. Okay, you'll notice the language there in the Lord's Prayer of of debt. Forgive us our debts. 
Uh, sometimes people recite it as, uh, forgive us our um, trespasses, which is there in another section. But here, actually, it is, uh, forgive us our uh, debts. Uh, the idea is that our sins incur a debt toward God. Only the thing is that that is a debt that God pays for himself in Jesus Christ. You remember in Jesus' parable of the unmerciful servant, which we read earlier, uh, how the king pays the unpayable debt of the servant, 10,000 bags of gold. And it's meant to be a picture of what God does for his people in paying their unpayable uh, debt. And so if our debts have been paid, we don't then pay them again. No, God is the one who does that. And so we don't come to God using our contrition as a form of payment. Uh, If that is our frame of mind, we will never be full and free in our confession because there's still a model there of, in some sense, earning our forgiveness. And so there's always going to be a hesitancy there. I, I wonder if I've really beat myself up enough for God to forgive me here. And also, I'm just going to minimise what I've done because actually I just don't want to have the burden of beating myself up again for that. There's this hesitancy there. But you see, if we've really taken to heart that forgiveness is full and free, that it's merited only by the blood of Jesus shed for us, then we can come to God openly, releasing our guilt to him. There's no showmanship here. There's no self-pity here. It's just an open, full acknowledgement of our failings uh, because we know that forgiveness is free and that God is faithful to forgive because of what he's done in Jesus. See, but when you've got that assurance that your forgiveness doesn't hang on you, you can be so much more open. You don't have to perform. Release your guilt because forgiveness is free. And so remembering God's free grace in Jesus will help keep us from a kind of self-atonement. But having said that, I I actually do want to say, too, that there is still a right kind of a grief uh, over our sin. Uh, It's right for us to grieve over our sin as we remember what our forgiveness cost God. Okay, I referred earlier to the parable of the unforgiving servant, and um, there the servant had his 10,000 bag of gold debt uh, cancelled. King cancels it. Now, in cancelling that debt, what a happy thing that is for uh, that servant to experience. But still, the truth is, there is someone who pays, isn't there? that someone is the king, there is someone who bears the consequences of the forgiveness. And that is the nature of all forgiveness. Okay, think about it with one another. Uh, When you forgive someone else, you're saying, I've got a right to be angry with you, uh, but actually I'm going to give up that right to be angry with you. As hard as it is, I'm going to absorb that right to be angry. I'm going to let it go and treat you kindly. Uh, someone always absorbs the wrong in forgiveness. 
And in the case of us and God, it was he who absorbed the wrong in Jesus, and not just absorbing it in some kind of an emotional sense, but actually paying the penalty. You go to those famous words in 1 John chapter 1, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God's ready to forgive. And how does that forgiveness happen? He goes on, if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. See, God in Jesus bears the cost of our sin. And so it's important to appreciate that there is a costliness to our forgiveness. Why does this matter? Well, the reason why this matters is because if we forget the costliness of our forgiveness, then our prayers of confession will be shallow and routine. It will say the words, but there won't be much heart in it. And in the end, we'll just go back to doing the same old things. I see the costliness of our forgiveness needs to it needs to, to grip us enough that we grieve our sin and hate our sin so that we don't want to go back to it. Again, it's not a kind of self-atonement, as we've said. It's not making up for what we've done. But what it's about is it's about relationship. It's about going, oh, um, my sin cost the one that I love. How awful is that? And see, until we get that and grieve that, any confession of our sin, it's not going to be the real deal and it's not going to change us. Okay, over in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, Paul is dealing with, he's dealing with this whole subject and he talks about two kinds of sorrow when you realised you've done the wrong thing. Worldly sorrow, he says, and godly sorrow. And godly sorrow is what we're talking about here. It's a sorrow that's, it's not about beating myself up or feeling bad because I can see how those actions hurt me, but it's the grief of how you've affected another, especially the grief of your offence against God. It's about our relationship with God. And you know, you're only going to make real progress in the sins you're battling. You're only going to make headway as you're putting those things into the context of the costly, loving kindness that God has shown you in Jesus. And then you're grieving that breach of relationship. So important as you bring your failings Put them in the context of that relationship. Pray relationally. Grieve your breach of relationship. You might pray, for example, Lord, I confess that I've been proud. I've been looking down on others when, in fact, on the cross, you made yourself of no reputation for me. Forgive me for ignoring that. Help me to rejoice more and more in that and not in my own honour, and in my own reputation. Or perhaps you pray, Lord, I've been cold and irritable when in the garden you were gentle, even when your disciples forgot you in your time of need. Lord, you went to the cross for those who abandoned you, including me, 
and so forgive me. Uh, Help me to find more joy in your long-suffering, patient care. Or again, you may pray, Lord, I've been prone to fearfulness in a way that I can see isn't coming from a heart of trusting you. Uh, Yet at the cross, you went through astonishing danger for my sake. You were overwhelmed to keep me safe. So forgive me, Lord, and help me to face my fears with courage, knowing that the one who overcame such troubles is with me now. So you're confessing your sin, but you're doing it in the context of your relationship with Christ, aren't you? And and, and as you're doing that, you're grieving more genuinely over your sin, and actually somewhere mixed in there are actually assurances as well for you. As we bring our failings to the Lord, the way we must do that is in the context of costly grace. Grieve your sin, because forgiveness is costly. Now, all this so far has been to do with the first part of the uh, request in the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? Um, Forgive us our uh, debts. But there's a second part, isn't there? It it says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, uh, just to say that that's not saying that forgiving others is what earns you God's forgiveness. Uh, But what it is saying is that forgiven people are people who forgive. In other words, if we have an unforgiving heart toward others, we should wonder whether we ourselves have actually been forgiven. And so as we pray, seeking God's forgiveness, we come also with a heart of forgiveness toward others. And you may say, well, how can I do that? It's hard to forgive others. I've been hurt badly. And so let me suggest a couple of things that you can kind of incorporate into your prayer life to help you as you seek to forgive others. And so something I would want to say here is that if you're struggling with forgiving another person, actually make it a regular habit in your prayer life to give thanks that a debt as great as yours has been forgiven. Okay, I've said a couple of times already that the theme of um, debt is picked up again later in Matthew 18 and Jesus' story of the unforgiving servant. And there the servant owes 10,000 bags of gold, or or literally it's 10,000 talents of gold, okay? A talent was, it was a measurement of both weight and currency, A talent was about 30 kilos. And so, um, okay, today a kilo of gold is worth about $100,000. And so if if you wanted to put this in contemporary terms today, uh, the kind of debt that Jesus is talking about um, in this story when you do the maths is a $30 billion debt, right? Uh, It's just this completely unpayable debt, And so this servant has been forgiven a $30 billion debt uh, from the king, and another fellow servant um, comes along who owes him, um, uh, it's it's 100 silver uh, coins, or it's 100 denaro, which is 100 days wages. And, and, And so, I mean, this servant 
um, was forgiven all of that, $30 billion, and he's not going to forgive a fellow servant who's been forgiven a far lesser amount. And Jesus says, that is unthinkable. Now, let me be clear. It's not that the fellow servant's debt was nothing. In equivalent terms today, okay, on averages, it works out to about $25,000. And so it's not nothing. And the offences that people bring to against us aren't nothing. And they're not meant to be treated as if they're nothing. And there are complexities to work through with forgiveness. But what we're trying to say here about forgiveness is that our heart toward others has to, first and foremost, be informed by our own $30 billion debt toward God, which has been forgiven. That's our starting point. You know, God is a God who is a, he's a being of infinite dignity and worth. So that when we've, we sin against God, okay, it's, it's a little bit like we've just crashed in to a Rolls Royce. It's an expensive thing to do. It's not the same as when we sin against one another. That's more like knocking into my Toyota Corolla, right? It's just not going to cost you the same. And so you've got to understand that our debt toward God is infinitely bigger than any debt that some person has against us. And so if you want to work out how to forgive others, start by thanking God regularly that a debt as great as yours has been forgiven. Just make it a regular feature of your prayers. What grace that God has shown us in Jesus, that he would bear all of that, and that he would do that for all of those who confess their sins and trust in Jesus. That is unparalleled grace and forgiveness. Give thanks for the gravity of your forgiveness. Now, some of you at this point, uh, maybe you're thinking, all well and good, but the person who has hurt me, I mean, they're not even willing to apologise. So I think it's different. And I mean, I, I do just want to acknowledge that there is a difference between the person who is sorry for what they've done and the person who is not. Uh, without repentance, you're unlikely to accomplish what forgiveness, in fact, is all about, which is a genuine reconciliation of relationship. Remember, that's what forgiveness is about in our relationship with God. It's about restored relationship. And that is true, too, in our relationships with others. And so I actually want to acknowledge that that is a really important difference. But can I say that still where you are unable to find that full if you like, reconciled forgiveness with another party, which is what you seek. But still, nevertheless, you can pursue an attitude toward another person, uh, which is where you, kind of, you release to God the right to be the one who gets angry rather than you. 
Okay, over in Romans chapter 12, Paul has this to say. He says, If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. See, even where there is someone who has done us wrong but not expressed sorrow uh, about that, or, or, um, th- th- there's still an attitude that we're to take of giving up our anger, um, leaving justice to God. Uh, okay, some people have called this an attitude of forgiveness, even if we don't have full uh, reconciled forgiveness, uh, but we are to at least have that attitude. And can I say that part of fostering that attitude is actually going to be your prayer life. It's actually going to be really helpful and important in that. Okay, I want to say here that if someone has sinned against you, even if they haven't said sorry, or if the sorry was woefully inadequate, um, nevertheless, pray for them. Uh, You should be praying for the good of those who have hurt you. Okay, um, what is it that Jesus has said? Just in the very chapter before this, um, about people have treated you badly, uh, he said, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Uh, See, the response of the Christian is to pursue good, even to those who've hurt us, and to so mean it that you're actually praying for their good. Okay, I remember a time in my own life where there was a moment where I felt particularly badly treated. I had worked hard to resolve the matter appropriately, and, uh, but, I mean, there just wasn't clear resolution And it was easy in those moments to descend into bitterness. And one of the things I realised that I needed to do was to pray for the guy. Uh, Not that God would, you know, I mean, I know the prayers you want to pray, that God would rain down heaven from above, uh, fire from above, right? Um, That's kind of what we want to pray, but not those kinds of prayers, but actually to pray for his good. Uh, so that I got out my prayer app, Prayer Mate, just a, a really helpful prayer app, by the way, if you want to check it out. Um, great app. I plugged in the name. It was already there, actually, but I went every day. I want this person to come up in my prayers every day to pray for them. And I worked hard at that, to, to pray for him every day for his good. And I've got to say, that was actually really hard. Uh, but it was part of the means that God used to help me deal with the matter so that I didn't develop a root of bitterness. And what I'm wanting to say to you is that if you're wanting to deal with relationship issues, prayer is actually going to be a really vital part of that. Uh, yes, absolutely, there'll be the on-the-ground stuff too, Give them a drink and so on. Feed the hungry, as we're told in Romans 12. Um, Showing genuine kindness is important, but prayer, our attitude to the other person, is going to be really important. 
It's a crucial part of our relationship with God and it's a crucial part of our relationships with others as well. And so as we think about um, this way that Jesus taught us to pray as we come to him, that we ask God to forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. As we think about that, let's just remind ourselves of the the things that we've been uh, leaning into today. Uh, How can we be putting these things into practice? Well, firstly, let's be seeking God's forgiveness for ourselves daily. Secondly, let's come releasing our guilt because we know that forgiveness is free. Thirdly, we come grieving our sin because we know that forgiveness is costly. Fourthly, we regularly give thanks that a debt as great as ours has been forgiven. And finally, we pray for the good of those who have hurt us. Let's pray together now. Heavenly Father, what an amazing thing that you in Jesus forgive us our $30 billion debts. Uh, That is unfathomable to us. Uh, We know that we don't deserve it. Uh, Father, we confess that we wrong you daily and uh, so often we are slow to come with the kind of freeness that you would have us to come. Uh, because we lose sight of the freeness of your gift toward us. And so, Father, we grieve this uh, because we know uh, the grace you've shown us in adopting us into your family. And so forgive us our debts, we ask, and help us as we continue to forgive our debtors and help us to live in the knowledge of your amazing grace toward us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.